Welcome to TNT Sports Talk. Today is Thursday, February 7th. As always, we're presented by D's Home Cuts. I'm your host, Travis Karczewski. Uh Just me today, but we do have a great interview. Later on in the show, me and Truman got about 20 minutes with Indians prospect Nolan Jones. Uh, if you don't know anything about Nolan Jones, uh, you're going to in a couple of years. He's a huge um, prospect right now in the Indians organization. He's the second-ranked prospect in the Indians organization, um, right behind Tristan McKenzie. And he is, uh, I believe, the 84th-ranked prospect overall in the MLB. Uh, he's picked a couple of years ago in the second round with the Indians, uh, which was an absolute steal to get him in the second round. Um, so that's later on in the show, and uh, you can check that out. But before that, we got to get through these sports headlines here. Let's start with some basketball. We have a lot of stuff going on right now in the trade deadline. Uh, a lot of stuff broke last night. We're recording this at about 6 in the morning on Thursday, so we apologize if you're listening to this anytime later in the day on Thursday. And uh, a big move happens because we're not going to be able to get it because we are recording this at 6. But uh, we will wrap it up with some of the moves that have already happened so far up to date with the trade deadline. Um, we'll start with Reggie Bullock to the Lakers. Uh, Reggie Bullock was traded to the Lakers for uh, a guard. I can't pronounce his name. That's my fault. Uh, I wouldn't, I'm not even going to try. And then a couple draft picks. He, uh, he had some pretty good, a little bit of a three-point guy. Uh, you know, he's a former first-round pick, uh, but he hasn't really shown out. He hasn't really shown any flashes until this season. Uh, so this is a good pickup for the Lakers. It's cheap, not much uh, um, capital to give up to get him. And, you know, I think he has a solid piece off the bench for the Lakers. Uh, next, probably the biggest trade that has happened so far, Tobias Harris and uh, Boban Mardanovich was traded to the 76ers for Wilson Chandler, Landry Cement, Mike Muscala, a 2021 and a 2020 first round picks um, to the Clippers. So uh, Tobias Harris is probably one of the most underrated all-stars in the game. Uh, he was an all-star snub. He was the first guy I ever mentioned when we were talking about snubs with the all-stars. Um, Boban's also a really good backup center. He's going to be a great backup for Joel Embiid. Um, and then the 76ers, um, you know, they gave up a little bit, but I think this is good for the Clippers because Landry Schmentz, a rookie, and he's actually played really well this year. Mike Muscalis has shown flashes, and Wilson Chandler, you know, he's a veteran, a little bit of an older guy. But uh, he also adds some pretty good depth off the bench, or even if you want to start him in your starting lineup, he's a pretty good player. And then you got two first-round picks, so good deal for the Clippers and for the um, uh, 76ers, who they expect now they can keep this big four of Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid, uh Jimmy Butler and Ben Simmons, they are expecting to be able to keep that long term is what I'm hearing. So I'm guessing they're going to go after and try to keep Jimmy Butler over the offseason and then try to re-sign Tobias Harris, who is a free agent, um, after this season. So this is a good lineup now for the uh, 76ers. You know, they got J.J. Redick at shooting guard too. So it's a pretty good starting five. Uh, if they want to make a run in the playoffs, this is the type of lineup you've got to have if you want to come out of the East. Next uh, deal we have is is from between the, the Pistons and the Bucks. Uh, Stanley Johnson was traded to the Bucks for Thon Maker. Um, Stanley Don Johnson, you know, small forward, about six seven, pretty tall guy, former first round pick, and then Thon Maker, everybody knows, uh, former first round pick, top ten pick. Uh, both of these guys 
really haven't shown out in their short careers. Uh, you know, they were kind of busts, I guess you could say. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think a fresh start will be good for both of them. You know, Thon Maker has been trying to get traded for the last couple of weeks because uh, I think he really wants a fresh start. And now he got his wish, and he's going to get a fresh start with the um, uh, Pistons. Uh, and then, obviously, Stanley Johnson adds some pretty good depth off the bench for the Bucks, who are looking to make a run in the playoffs. Next, we got Otto Porter, was traded to the Bulls for Jabari Parker and Bobby Portis. This was a fantastic deal for the Bulls. I think the Bulls got a steal with Otto Porter. Um, Bobby Portis and Jabari Parker are young, but Jabari Parker is slowly taking, his career is slowly taking a nosedive over the last couple of seasons due to injuries and just poor performance overall. Uh, so to get a guy like Otto Porter, who I think if given the right opportunity like the Bulls where he's kind of the number one guy, I think we're going to see a lot of improvement out of Otto Porter in his game and potentially even become you know, an all-star caliber type of player for the Bulls. This is a good piece for them as they're trying to rebuild, and uh, I think he's a good leader, and I think he could be a good number one guy in that locker room. Uh, next trade we have is Harrison Barnes was traded to the Kings uh, for Zach Randolph and Justin Jackson. You know, Barnes, this is an interesting deal because usually when players are being thrown around the deadline, they are, you know, they sit a couple games. They don't play that often. Um, but he was actually playing last night during the game, and then he was traded, uh, which is different. Uh, LeBron was pretty pissed about that. He wrote a big paragraph on his Instagram because LeBron thinks he's the spokesperson for everybody in the NBA. But we'll get to LeBron. We're going to talk some trash about LeBron here in a little bit. Um, but Harrison Barnes, like I said, was traded to the, the Mavericks. Uh, he's been one of the best scoring options for the Mavericks the last couple of years, and he's averaged about 17 points uh, the last couple of seasons. Um, and, you know, he is expensive, and I think that's why the Mavericks want to get rid of him. You know, Justin Jackson's a cheaper cup of player, and I expect that they'll just release Zach Randolph, who hasn't done much at all. Um, but this is a good deal for both sides. I think if the Kings are trying to make a kind of a run in the playoffs, uh, I think adding a guy like Harrison Barnes, a scorer like that, is going to definitely help the Kings uh, get there. You know, and they also added, we'll talk about this now, the three-team deal with the Rockets, uh, the Kings, and the Cavs. Um, Iman Shumpert went to the Rockets. Marquise Chris and Brandon Knight went to the uh, um Cavs and then Alec Burks went to the Kings. Then there's a bunch of picks being thrown around in there. So I'm not going to get into that. But uh, Alec Burks been um, one of their better players, one of their better role players the last couple of uh, months. This is a good addition for the Kings. Amon Shumpert's a good scorer off the bench, a good shooter. Um, Brandon Knight to the Cavs isn't much. He's still trying to work his way back from an ACL tear. He hasn't been uh what he was in a long time uh, hopefully that changes and then Marquise Chris is a young player he's only 21 I believe uh, and he's a, he was a first round pick and he's still trying to find his way in the NBA uh, so good deal all the way around for everybody then the last trade Markeith Morris was traded to the Pelicans uh they don't I don't know what the return is on that yet uh, but Markeith Morris you know he was traded to the Wizards a couple of years ago, and he's pretty much a solid starter, but he hasn't done much this season. He's only averaged about 11 points this season due to injuries. You know, I had him on my fantasy team, and he's been injured pretty much half of the season. So hopefully the Pelicans get 
some solid minutes out of somebody who I know can produce solid minutes uh, for them. But we'll see what happens with that. Um, as far as the Anthony Davis deal goes, you know, we're it's a mess right now. Both sides, it's a mess. Uh, we'll start with the New Orleans side because the Lakers side is going to it's a mess over there. It's a complete shit show in Los Angeles right now. And that's partly due to this. And it's pretty much always due to LeBron and his antics. It happens every year, but this year it seems like it's happening, you know, much greater scale. And it's probably because it's in LA and it's much more, um, scrutinized and much more under a microscope. But let's start with the Pelican side. Anthony did. They turned down a deal that included Josh Hart, Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Lance Stevenson was involved, um, Zubik was involved, and a couple first-round picks. They turned that down, um, and it looks like they're not going to be trading Anthony Davis at the deadline here. And I guess what they want to do is go to Boston and make a trade with them after July 1st, which I would have to believe a guy like Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum is being discussed there. Uh because I don't think you're going to get a much better deal than what the Lakers were going to give you. Now, the problem with the Boston trade is Anthony Davis's dad already came out and said he doesn't want to go to Boston. Anthony Davis doesn't want to play in Boston. He wants to sign a long-term deal with the, either the Clippers, the Knicks, the Bucks, and there's one more team I can't remember. He doesn't want to play for Boston. So what's going to happen come um, July? I'm not sure. Uh... But then you look at the Lakers side. That's a mess right now. You saw the other night, Tuesday night, they lost by 42 to a Victor Oladipo-less Pacers. Um, it was in Indiana. Brandon Ingram was shooting shots at the free throw line. The fans were chanting, LeBron's going to trade you. And then uh, JaVale McGee was up at the free throw line. They were chanting, not worth trading. So it's been a mess. And then you look, you saw the classic picture, which I think is one of the best pictures of sports we've had so far, not only this season, but this year so far, and I think it's going to be the best one of the year. LeBron James was sitting on the edge of the bench, and about six seats over was the rest of the team. He was completely isolated from the rest of the team, and I think that clearly shows what LeBron does. Yeah, he'll come in, and yeah, he'll get you to the championship, maybe. Yeah, he'll get you to the playoffs, maybe he'll get you to the championship. But he's going to deplete and completely destroy any sort of chemistry, any sort of um, assets you have. He's going to take all those and just completely destroy it. You look at where the Cavs are right now. The Cavs are in complete limbo right now, tanking, trying to get Zion. It's a mess in Cleveland. And I think by the end of LeBron's reign in Los Angeles, it's going to be even more of a mess. Um, clearly, he is the main uh, driving force behind this Anthony Davis trade and these Anthony Davis rumors. Um, and I think it's insane. Every year, the dude does the same thing. Every year, there's always some sort of drama or something happening uh where it's going to cause friction, and usually LeBron is right behind that uh, and the main reason behind it. Let's talk. That's it for the deadline. Like I said, we're recording this at 5 a.m., I mean 6 a.m., so uh, you are, I'm highly expecting it to be another, uh, um, when is the trade deadline? I'm highly expecting another deal to come through. I think it's at 3 is the trade deadline. Um so I'm expecting something to happen at the end of the trade deadline. 
But um, we'll we'll cover that on Tuesday. But we're gonna get now to our last NBA story: John Wall, the uh, Wizard star, tore his Achilles in the shower, I guess, at his home. He slipped, he fell, he tore his Achilles. They expect him now to be out for an entire year. Um, if you know, John Wall's been out a lot this season due to some injuries. And uh, Achilles injury, I think, when you hear Achilles injury, that's like the death wish of any sort of player in the NFL, MLB, uh, basketball. Nobody is the same after an Achilles injury. We're still waiting to see. The jury's still out on Boogie Cousins, how he does after his Achilles injury. But uh, players usually aren't the same after that. You know, and he's still owed about $170 million. The Wizards are in a bad situation right now. Yeah, they got Bradley Beal. Yeah, they got um, John Wall. But if John Wall can't come back, he can't play, this team is a mess. And they really don't have much. You know, they got rid of Otto Porter. They got rid of Kelly Oubre. I think you just go with this. I don't know where you go here with John Wall, but I think you just ride with Bradley Beal, kind of build around him. Um because right now you don't have much anymore. Because a lot of you made a lot of bad moves over the last couple of uh, months and years, and you know this franchise is slowly falling. And I would hate to be a Wizards fan right now. But that's it for basketball. We're going to talk now some football, get some storylines out of that, and then we'll get you to the Nolan Jones interview. Uh, but before that, I had to remind you guys about my guy Dom at D's Home Cuts. So D's Home Cuts is the best place around Northeast Ohio to get a fresh haircut. I've said it time and time again, and I'll say it a million times more. D's Home Cuts is the place to go. For only $7, D's Home Cuts will provide you with a modern haircut and styling. And that $7 goes directly to Dom. It doesn't go to a big corporation. It doesn't, you know end up in somebody else's pocketbook it ends up directly in your boy dom's pockets uh so don't have to worry too much about big tips or you know big prices because he keeps the prices low because he gets all the profits um so go check him out on instagram at d's home cuts you can set up an appointment directly in his bio or send him a dm if you have questions comments concerns d's home cuts professional haircuts at a low price so the patriots had their parade the other day uh, and it just pissed me off. Uh, just another day for Boston, just another day in Boston. You know, everywhere else, championship parades are, fr- are thrown. Um, it's a huge deal in Boston. It's also a huge deal. But I'm just getting sick and tired of watching Boston fans celebrate championships. That little, that little shit with the poster that says, you know, 17 years old, 12 parades or whatever sucks. I hate that kid. Um, just screw Boston and its fans. I hate them. They don't know what it's like to win a championship. They don't know what it's like to grind out, you know, years and years and years of pain, and then you get a championship. It's just championship after championship after championship, and it sucks. And, you know, they're fighting. There's fights going on at the parade. They don't understand that this is like a celebration. This is a big thing. Um, and they just treat it like it's nothing. Uh, I can't stand Boston fans. I think I've made that pretty clear, uh, but their time's coming. You know, I think um, once Belichick leaves, once Brady retires, I think the Patriots start, will start to fall, and I think this sports town is going to experience some hardships, especially the Patriots. And it's going to be nice to see how many Patriot fans, you know, slowly start to become, you know, Chiefs or Rams fans. It's going to be interesting to see. Um, 
But sticking with the Patriots, they hired Greg Schiano as their defensive coordinator uh, for Brian Flores' replacement. Good hire. I think this is a really good hire for the Patriots. Schiano is a smart guy, um, former NFL head coach with the Buccaneers, and now he's going to go back to the defensive coordinating job in the NFL uh, and get a chance to you know work with a really great defensive-minded coach and Belichick, learn a lot, and possibly get another head coaching job someday. Um, you know, he was rumored to get the Tennessee head coaching job. He's at Ohio State the last couple of years where he's done a fantastic job just producing draft picks. If you don't even, I don't even have the list in front of me, but just off the top of my head, Joey and Nick Bosa, uh, Draymond Jones, Denzel Ward, Marshawn Lattimore, Malik Hooker, um, Rakuan make, make Macmillan, uh, you know, I can just go down and down the list. There's a ton of them, and I know I'm leaving out some big ones right now uh, But because I don't have to listen for me. But he has just turned out a lot of great talent over his years at Ohio State, and it sucks to see him go. But uh, I just know he's going to do a good job for the Patriots. He's a good head coach, and, yeah, he has some controversies, um, but I think he is going to be a fantastic defensive coordinator for the Patriots. Next storyline, Matt Bryant, the kicker for the Falcons, was released yesterday. He's 43 years old, a um, little bit on the older side, but, I mean, he's a kicker. You don't have to be that young. Uh, he had a 95% field goal um, percentage last season, which is one of the highest of his career. Uh, I think he's going to be, get picked up like that. Um, I don't think he'll spend much time uh, on the free agent market. I think you'll see a team like the Bears or somebody who's in desperate need of a kicker quickly pick him up you know he's old but he is just a consistent kicker and I think you know he won't spend much time in the open market Antonio Brown was uh, cited yesterday for a domestic dispute in January uh, I'm not gonna say anything here uh, I don't know all the stories I don't know all that all the details that have went into it it's still developing storyline um, so I'm not gonna rule either way but this just isn't a good look for Antonio Brown. I think we can all agree on that. If it is made up, which he's claiming, then obviously that girl should go to jail. But uh, it's just been a bad, weird couple of months for Antonio Brown. He's been dyeing his hair and his beard. He's been doing a lot of crap online. He just, he needs to get traded. He needs to get a fresh start ASAP. And once he does, I think you'll see him, you know, return back to the Antonio Brown we all know. Because I think a lot of this stuff is just, you know, he's he's going through a lot right now. And uh, I think once he gets traded, once he gets that fresh start, I think that's going to help him out a ton. Uh, Nick Foles, uh, this situation is interesting with the Eagles. It's a pretty interesting um, uh, dilemma that the Eagles and the Nick Foles camp are going through right now. So let me tell you what both sides want to do here. So both sides have their own agenda. The Eagles want... To franchise tag, they want to keep Nick Foles and they want to trade him. They want to get some capital out of their former Super Bowl MVP. Nick Foles just wants to get to a new team. He wants a starting job. So yesterday, he bought out his contract option. Two million dollars he's going to be giving to the Eagles to buy out his contract, basically. Uh, but somehow, some way, I'm not really sure how all these logistics work. The Eagles can still franchise tag him, which is something I think they'll do. I think everybody expects them to do. And then what's going to happen is they're going to trade him. Um, I think both. I think this works out for both camps because then I can think uh, Nick Foles can kind of pick where he wants to go, uh, and the Eagles can kind of 
you know, work with him because I don't think there's any bad blood anywhere between both of these camps. I think Eagles fans especially understand that Nick Foles wants to get a starting job. And I think he will get a starting job for somebody like, you know, the Falcons or anybody who drafts a rookie quarterback. Because what team wouldn't want their rookie quarterback studying under a former Super Bowl MVP? Uh, So I think this is going to work out for Nick Foles. Not the way I think he wants it to, or it will. Uh, I think he'll get a starting job, but I think early on we'll see that Nick Foles isn't a starting quarterback in the NFL. I think we'll see early on that he just doesn't have what it takes to be a starting quarterback. I can't explain the playoff runs the last couple of years. You know, if it is magic, like Ryan Fitzpatrick, maybe he's the next, you know, I think he is the next Fitzpatrick, you know, a good backup that will just come in and show flashes every now and then. But really, at the end of the day, can't sustain that for an entire 16 games. But we'll see what happens with Foles. Uh, that's going to be a, definitely a big storyline going forward. Uh, but with the season ending, we are going to be getting into some free agent talk here soon. Um, and watch, Matt Bryant was the first one. Watch the next couple of days, next couple of weeks. For some pretty big cuts to happen. Uh, this is the salary cutting season where teams are trying to make some money for free agents and they're going to cut a lot of their waste. So I have a couple of these names here that I think are going to get cut due to salary reasons, um, which is what the team will explain it as. They'll say, oh, it's a salary cap issue. But at the end of the day, we know that these players just really aren't producing as well as they should be um, and they shouldn't be getting paid as much as they are. So I, th- I think we'll see teams... Uh, cut these guys to try to you know save a little bit of the cash that they already have. But we'll see. The first one, I think the quarterback, I think Bortles and Flacco are two of the guys we'll easily see cut here soon. Um, at Bortles, I listened to a couple interviews with him. He's already said that he expects not to be with the Jaguars next year. He's already come out and said that. Joe Flacco doesn't want to be a backup behind Lamar Jackson. And I don't think the, the Ravens really want him around anymore because they're going to move that offense in a completely different direction than what Joe Flacco brings. Uh, I see LaShawn McCoy possibly getting cut here soon. Hasn't produced the last couple of uh, months. Deshaun Jackson, you know, I think he's pretty clear also with uh, he's leaving. You know, he, he said he wants to go play for the Rams. So I think he's going to be a pretty, you know, good candidate for cuts. Gerald McCoy, Jason Pierre-Paul, another two guys uh, who haven't performed up to their you know contract level, but still produce, so they'll get cut. They'll get picked up pretty easily, um, but just not enough for what the Buccaneers are trying to do right now. Sean Lee with the Cowboys, I expect him to be a cut candidate, getting paid a lot right now, injury prone. Most injury-prone guy, I think, in the league. And then they have Jalen Smith and Van Der Esch, two of the, probably the best young linebacking core in the uh, league right now. So they don't really have a need for Sean Lee right now, a need for Lee. Um, but I expect him to be cut. Last guy, and again, there's going to be a million more. Um, some of these names I'm saying may not even get cut. I'm just expecting them to. Um, but I guarantee you I have a list of about 10 guys. I bet you that list I could write a. 30-person list if I had time. But the uh, last one I would say is Josh Norman. Again, for the same reasons. He's been producing not as much as they expect him to, not as much as his contract says. Um, so I fully expect him to get cut. Uh, and he'll get picked up quickly, too. Um, and it's just it's salary cap season. You know, th- this happens every season. So um, 
fully expect to get some of these cuts within the next week. But we're going to move now to baseball. We got our interview with Nolan Jones. But before that, mind you guys about my guy Andrew at A's Lawn Service. Uh, since 2014, A's Lawn Service has been providing professional landscaping at a low and fair price. Um, A's Lawn Service uses prof- uses professional equipment uh, to make your lawn and your home look great. Springtime is coming up. Don't let your lawn go to crap like you did last year. Turn to A's Lawn Service, and trust me, you will not be disappointed. Uh, I've known Andrew for a long time. Great kid, uh, college kid, bunch of college kids, uh, but they do really good professional quality work. So check them out, A's Lawn Service. The phone number is 330-241-2392, and the email is lawnservice.as at gmail.com. Shoot them an email, give them a call, A's Lawn Service, LLC. You grow it. We'll cut it. So one baseball storyline, and then we got Nolan Jones. Again, we don't have much storylines with baseball. Spring training's opening up here soon. Uh, we're still waiting on some of these free agents to get signed because uh, baseball free agency is the slowest moving thing in the world. Uh, but Curtis Granderson signed a minor league deal the other day with the Marlins. Uh, he's 37 years old, three-time All-Star. He is definitely not what he used to be. He's kind of fallen off pretty quickly, but he is very he is a very good guy one of the best guys around baseball he's a good teammate um he's going to help to provide some leadership to a very very young and hungry team like the marlins um so this is a good deal for everybody uh on both sides but again that's it for baseball uh i know we've been moving fast through baseball but we got a nice long interview for you today with indians prospect nolan jones uh we really appreciate nolan jones coming out and giving us uh about 20 minutes of his time we love interviewing baseball guys. Me and Truman, I know we come off as football people. We know we love football. We played football. Baseball is just, it's a different type of love for us. It's just so interesting. Um, we didn't get Brian on. We tried to get Brian back on to help us interview Nolan, um, but we didn't. It just didn't work out with our class schedules. So me and Truman got this interview done with Nolan in a CVS parking lot. Uh Hope you enjoy it. We certainly enjoyed Nolan spending some time with us. Uh, great interview. Um, so here he is, Indians prospect, Nolan Jones. Nolan Jones. Uh, so spring training is opening up here soon. Uh, what kind of things are you doing, you know, get ready for spring training? Uh, yeah, so I spent the last month of the off season, all of January in Arizona. I was, I mean, it's a lot of, a lot of good things going on out there. There's defense every day. We're working offensively, um, working in, in the gym uh, to get our bodies right. I'm actually home right now working out a few little kinks in my body just to make sure I'm ready uh, ultimately for that spring training. But, um, yeah, I mean, all, all January just being out in Arizona, I think I think there's something really special going on out there um, having – Having those guys around you every day is is something that you can't really explain to anybody. It's it, there's no, nothing magic going on out there. We're we're doing the same stuff as everybody else, but having 50 guys surrounding you that all ultimately want the same goal. We're working with each other, but against each other at the same time, making each other better. So, yeah. When do you uh, report for spring training? I report uh, officially February 19th, but I'm actually heading out there Monday, February 10th. Uh, to get out there and take some live at bats, get off some pitcher, uh, some at bats off pitchers and everything before uh, most of the guys roll in. Yeah, definitely. Before the Indians, obviously, because you play in their uh, system now. Who was your favorite team just growing up? 
I was actually a Red Sox fan. Red okay. Sox. So, yeah, I'm from Philadelphia. I was never a Phillies fan. Um, I was a big David Ortiz fan. So Yeah. So uh, you got an offer uh, to go to Virginia. You decided to forgo that offer and go uh, directly into the draft. Uh, what was the decision behind that to just not go to college and go directly to the draft? You know, it was it was honestly a really tough process. My mom and dad had and I had had some serious seriously long conversations about whether it was the right option for me or not. Yeah. Um, they they know and I know my goal is to play in the big leagues and I want to be a successful big leaguer someday. And my parents, my whole life have supported everything I've done and they thought that if I was given the right opportunity with a team that my both my agents and close family friends in the business believe that I could potentially not only get better every single day and have those people around me to make me better and have the resources that a team like the Indians give you. And if I got that opportunity and it was the right the right fit for me, then they were supporting me 100%. But there was never a, a time where I was like, hey, I'm going to college or, hey, I'm going to the – I'm going to sign. Like, there was never that fine yeah. line. Even even on draft day, I mean, I had I had to make a decision right there on the spot with my family whether I was going to sign or not to hear my name called. So, yeah. it was definitely not an easy decision. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely, yeah. So, when you sign the contract, obviously, you're, uh, you're right out of high school. Um, you know, you had got your signing bonus. What was the first thing that you bought when you signed your contract? So, I actually bought myself a car. Um, what kind of car? Something. I bought a Range Rover. Oh, nice. Okay. So, yeah, I, um, be, be, being home all the time, my brother had a car, and I, I never had a car. Um, so he actually plays ice hockey at Penn State now, but he was in Lincoln, Nebraska, playing junior hockey. Mm-hmm. So I was a lot of times stranded home without a car. So that was the one thing I was like, if I sign, I'm getting a car. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so you spent the last couple seasons in the minors. Uh, how do you think so far your game has improved? Oh, I mean, I we could be here all day. I think, I think, and I've improved so much. And the funny thing, and the coolest thing about baseball is that there's so much more I have to do yeah. um, to reach my ultimate goal, and that's to be an all-star in the MLB and make the Hall of Fame one day. Um, but I think for me, offensively, I've become a hitter that's able to drive the ball the other way. And that's something that it's not hard to commit to because everyone wants to see the the poolside homers, the mm-hmm. the moon shots and DP and all that. And that's not the kind of hitter I am. I mean, I think it plays to my advantage to be able to drive the ball the other way. And that's something that I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to and keep keep working on every single day. And obviously, I'm gonna need to be able to drop, pull that ball, um, pull the inside pitch and drive the inside pitch as well. But for now, being able to to play to play with my my strengths and every time I go up to the plate have a plan of what I want to do. Um, I mean, that's something I, I've learned and I'm continuously trying to keep learning. And, I mean, like I've said a few times, just the, the resources the Indians give us, the people the Indians surround us with, they're constantly there helping us with those things. And it's such a cool thing because it's, it's such a conversation. I mean, like yeah. I said, I'm trying to learn every day from different guys. I'm picking – picking people's brains and coaches are picking mine and why I'm doing this, what I'm doing, is it right, is it wrong, things like that, and kind of refining what I'm doing. And then 
even defensively, I've struggled a lot, but the strides I've made, I think, like for me, I'm, I'm proud of myself from. Obviously, I don't want to be making these errors and being a liability in the field, and it's something that I put my nose down every single day, and I work towards not being that guy. So, I mean, I think transitioning from shortstop to third base is definitely something that's not the easiest thing in the world, and it may be seen as something that shouldn't be that hard, but, mm-hmm. I mean, they're completely different positions. And shortstop I played, um, the competition in high school – in Pennsylvania isn't always the best. Um, a lot of times yeah. I was coming up on slower ground balls, and now I'm having to go back for balls that I can barely even see or have time to react to. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's constantly getting – finding ways to be more comfortable over there and make more plays and and ultimately just believing in myself and having that confidence that I'm able to make those plays. So, yeah, like you said, you know, you moved to third base. Uh, and you've had, you had as your struggles there defensively. Uh, would you be open if they suggested, you know, moving to a different position, like outfield or like first base? My goal is to help win a World Series one day. I think if they see me being more of a benefit to the team at a different position, I would definitely be open for that. Yeah. Um, however, I think with the work I've put in, um, I'm really excited to see to see how my game changes. I mean, I think – Mm-hmm. Even from last year to my season in short season, I mean, in short season I was I was pretty bad defensively, and I'll be the first one to admit it. Yeah. Um, but last year, you know, I think there was there were errors where, I mean, I think I had I don't I couldn't even tell you how many errors I had last year, and I don't even want to know. But <laughs> there were so many errors, not so many errors, but there were errors that one small thing and the error could have been avoided. And those are the things I'm trying to work on, and I think that's how I I could become an ultimate, a, a great defender one day by continuing to refine those small kinks in my defense, and that's something I've been been working for and, and grinding on this whole offseason. Mm-hmm. So you touched on your game a little bit and what you want to work on, uh, but what do you think your best asset is as a baseball player? What, what do you have to give to offer um, in your game? Um, you know, I think – for me, it's it's not even as much the skill set. I think the energy. Um, I, I just think being a good teammate. I think that's something that I I value more than anything in the world. Um, being there for those guys, picking them up, and kind of being that guy for the conversation. I mean, I'm like I said, I'm always trying to learn, and I'm always trying to help other guys learn and get better. Um, yeah. Obviously, offensively, my strength is driving the ball the other way, and I hope that's always there for me. But Ultimately, being a great teammate is, is something I value more than anything. Definitely. So, uh, last season, you kind of tapped into your power, I guess you could say. You know, you hit 19 home runs between uh, Lake County and Lynchburg. What kind of things did you do to kind of increase that power and get it to where, you know, it is now? Uh, I guess I just hit the ball further. I, yeah. I, I don't really – no, I, I think I think early in the season I had my struggles and I found some some things in my swing that were – were um, causing me to not only be late, but not get my barrel in the right position. And um, talking to our hitting coaches and things, I tried a couple different things, and I raised my hands, and I really started to get my barrel on a good plane. My barrel was was in the zone for as much time as I think it could possibly be, and my my effort level didn't swing, my strength didn't my effort level didn't change and my strength, I mean, 
I didn't get that much stronger from the year before. I mm-hmm. think just learning how to to get my barrel on plane longer and and have the right uh, trajectory and and just hit balls hard, honestly. And when you hit yeah. balls hard, they find their holes, and some of them go out like I mean, like I said, I. If I would have been happy if I would have hit five home runs last year, but I continued to hit balls hard. It's just mm-hmm. for me, the ones that go out are just happen to get over the wall, and I, I I'm not going up there ever trying to hit a home run. So yeah, just trying to put it in play for sure. Uh, do you have any personal goals for this upcoming season? Just like what are your you know obviously you want to win, obviously you want to help the Indians as much as possible. What what are your personal goals? Um, you know I haven't really thought about that. That that kind of comes around in spring training for me. Um. I'm definitely trying and always try to stay out of the the where I want to end up, where what team I want to play for, because that part's out of my control. Yeah. So every year during spring training, I've had a, a couple days where I kind of sat down and I offensively, defensively, and and off the field, I call it, um, kind of like set my goals for the season. I think being around that baseball atmosphere kind of gets my mind in the right place and helps me um, helps me kind of set my goals more realistically. Obviously I could, I could, I could make up numbers that I'm shooting for, but we all know that's, that's kind of a, yeah. a weird thing to do because I mean, even if I say I, I'm going to hit 300, I could hit 30 balls hard and they could all go right to somebody. So it's, my goals aren't exactly, um, as much numbers oriented as they are as having a good plan every day, having a good attitude every day, mm-hmm. um, going in, approaching every day the same, whether I'm over 30 or 30 for my last 30. Um, yeah. So those are kind of my my goals that I go by every year, but that's something I focus on in spring training. Yeah, so um, you are the second-ranked prospect in the Indians organization behind uh, Tristan McKenzie, and then you're the 84th overall prospect in the MLB. Do you like that kind of increased pressure and spotlight that comes with being, you know, a top-ranked prospect? <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it's – I mean, it, it's cool. It's cool to see your yeah. name up there. To be completely honest with you, I mean, I don't I don't like stepping on any toes or anything, but I think it means completely nothing. Um, yeah. It, I, I try not to look at that. I get it from my friends send me that stuff. And, yeah, it's cool to see your name on those things, but – I mean, ultimately, like I said, I can only control so much, and that's something that I need to focus on. I mean, if I'm focusing on what number prospect I am or if this guy likes my swing or if this guy likes my swing, that's that's the kind of pressure that, that leads into the big slumps. So I think kind of just, yeah, it's cool to see your name on those, but just forgetting about those. And, and no, no pitcher cares if you're – a number two prospect, or you're not a prospect. They're gonna, they're gonna go up there and they're gonna compete, and that's that's my goal too. Just go up there and compete every day. For sure. Personally, I couldn't even imagine how you guys do it, uh, traveling in the summer and stuff like that. Just how difficult is it to travel around all summer long? <laughs> yeah, it's you know it is difficult. I mean, people talk about um, baseball being a grind, and I mean. How can baseball be? How can baseball be a grind? I always thought that, and it, it is a grind. It's hard getting on a bus after a game for ten hours. I'm six foot five. Sometimes I have to share a seat. Sometimes I have to sleep on the floor. So it's definitely not 
the best situations, but I mean, and we make the best out of it. Like, I mean, yeah. that's the ultimate thing. We make the best out of it. Um, find your ways to get comfortable. Uh, and the cool thing is, is that everybody's dealing with it. It's not just me on the bus for eight hours. Team, other teams are on the bus for eight hours. So it's difficult, but it's something we all have to deal with. So if you focus too much on that, you can get mm-hmm. caught up and uh, caught up in blame and stuff on that. All right, so we got a hypothetical here for you. Uh, if you could say that you hit a home run off of any pitcher in MLB history, who would who would be that pitcher? Probably. Uh, hmm. If I could say I hit a home run off any pitcher, Mitch Longo said Nolan Ryan. I was gonna say Nolan Ryan too because my dad is a big Nolan Ryan fan. I'm named after Nolan Ryan. Yeah. So I think I, I was gonna say Nolan Ryan as well. But I wanted to be a, a little more. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I guess I'd go Nolan Ryan, one yeah. of the all-time greats. Yeah, definitely. So, do you have any superstitions before a game? Um, you know, they for me not. No, I wouldn't call them superstitions at all. I have, I have routines that that change. I'm not somebody who needs to do this and this and this to get ready for every game or wear this thing or do that. I'm definitely not that kind of person. Um, I have routines that I like to stick to because those are the things that get my body feeling the right way. Um, But I think there's definitely days that you're not able to do those things or you don't have the time or you don't have the resources on the road. Um, So I think for me personally, I can't find myself to be superstitious or I would have a lot of problems throughout the season because there's, like I said, there's a lot of times where I can't do the same thing. I think routines are, are good to have. I think getting your body to feel what, knowing what your body, what makes your body feel good is a really good thing. Um, And even like, even like for me going up to the plate, I have something I do every time that kind of locks me in. It's not a superstition where, if I didn't do it, I would be like, oh, no, I'm screwed. But yeah. it's something where I can go up to the plate and say, all right, it's go time. Here we go. Mm-hmm. All right, so wrapping up, just a couple more questions. If there's uh, one ma- major leaguer in the game today, who do you compare yourself to? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know I mean? Um, yeah. Honestly, to be honest with you, I couldn't even compare myself to any major league. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally – try try not to as much as I can. I think I try to take things from different people's games. I like to watch people play defense, see what they do, but I could never really compare myself to someone who is who is so good and so much better than I am and I want to yeah. be them, but like I said, I try to take people take things from different people's games. Um especially defensively, offensively, I think I kind of try to be me. I think if I'm trying to do what feels comfortable for him, it might not be the best thing for me. Yeah. So, but defensively, I see a lot of similarities between between different players, and there's there's a right way and a wrong way to field. There definitely is, no matter what anyone says. There's a right way and a wrong way. Obviously, there's those plays that you can't do it the right way. You got to do it a different way. But so I try to take things that way. But offensively, yeah, I definitely just try to be my be me. Be your own guy. All right, a couple couple last fun questions. We usually ask a lot of people, all our guests. Uh, what was your favorite sport outside of baseball growing up? Ice hockey, still is. It actually might be my favorite sport over baseball. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no. Uh, right now, my favorite team is the Penn State Nittany Lions. 
Oh, yeah. But, but uh, in the NHL, it's the Philadelphia Flyers. But hopefully that changes one day, too. Four okay. stays. Yeah. So, uh, who's, your, who's your favorite athlete growing up? Hmm. My favorite athlete growing up, I was, I was always a big, um, a big uh, David Ortiz fan. Yeah. Um, wasn't always the best athlete, but big baseball guy. Um, and I played for an ice hockey team where I had a lot of um, professional uh, ice hockey players. I played with their kids, so I played with Danny Breer's son. Um, I oh, played wow. with my coach was Keith Primo, a longtime captain of the Flyers. Mm-hmm. Uh, my brother played with John Stevens' son. Um, he played with Sammy Kapanen's son, who is currently on the Toronto Maple Leafs. So I had a lot of guys kind of around us where I was like, holy cow, that's your dad? Like, So I kind of looked up to guys that way, um, which kind of made it even cooler for me. I got to, to watch him on TV and then see him at the rink the next day. So it was pretty cool. That's awesome. And then your last question, what's your all-time favorite sports memory, whether it's watching or playing? What would you say that would be? Hmm, that's a tough one. Um, I think there's – I've been very blessed in my short career of events. Um, hmm. I remember when I was younger, something I always wanted to do. I got to – I won the Cooperstown tournament one time. That was – That's pretty cool. That was an incredible thing, I think. The perfect game, all American, all American game, was a blast. And I, I mean, I guess overall, my dream coming true, my first step of my dream coming true, hearing my name called on draft day would have to be the, the best uh, thing. Yeah, that had to be amazing. Yeah, we um, we had a really nice event set up. We had all of our, uh, all of my family and friends come to a restaurant. We went rented out a restaurant, and we all got to celebrate together. So that was something I'll, I'll never forget. I thought definitely. Uh, so I think that's, do you have anything else? No, I think that's it. All right. We well, thank you for coming on. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for having me guys. Yeah, yeah. Really. Thank you, Nolan. Good luck this season. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. So that was our interview with Indians prospect, Nolan Jones. We really appreciate, uh, Nolan coming on and giving us, uh, you know, 20 minutes of his time. I know it's busy right now with spring training about to open up. Uh, so another great interview brought to you by TNT sports talk, but that's it for the rest of our show today. Um, Thank you to our sponsors, D's Home Cuts and A's Lawn Service. We really appreciate them sponsoring the show, helping us grow. Um, give us five stars, rate, reviews, and subscribe on iTunes. Um, follow us on also on Spotify. Download us on there um, and subscribe on Spotify as well. YouTube, you can check us out on there, TNT Sports Talk. Uh, listen to us tomorrow on 12 Ounce from 7 to 8 p.m., 12OunceSports.com. And then, of course, grandoldsports.com. You can find our show on there. They'll be posting that later today. Um, but other than that, you can find us on Twitter at TNT Sports Talk 12. That's where you can send us questions, comments, concerns, things you like, things you didn't like. If you want to be a guest on the show, um, let us know um, via our DMs, everything on our DMs on Twitter. Um, and if you have any questions you'd like to answer it on the show, send us a DM. Um, I'm working Next week, I think I'm going to work to get the Instagram back up and running. I think that would be really helpful to get that going again. Um, but uh, I have to figure out all the logins with that. Truman screwed that up. But I'll, I'm, work, I'm going to work to get that back next week. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Also stay tuned. On Tuesday, we'll give you a full breakdown of things that went down over the weekend. Got another interview coming Tuesday. Check out the Twitter on Monday to see who it is. Um, and... Uh, uh, 
yeah, we'll also be talking about the deadline, what things that happen before the deadline and over the weekend. But other than that, have a great day. Um, you know, it's going to be pretty exciting. Come around 3 o'clock, we got some uh, trade deadline stuff going through. Uh, so tune into that. Um, but that's it today. Tune in on Tuesday. Really appreciate you guys listening. Uh, but have a great day. Thanks.